Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, o Lord. Lord. And out of abundant mercy for you and your knees, I invite you to please sit, because this is a long gospel today. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who was anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, the illness does not lead to death, rather it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are, were just now trying to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of the world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were there, who were with her in the house consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, Already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent them. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, and his hands and feet were bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you didn't know better, you heard our readings today, you'd think we would be closer to Halloween than Easter at this point. The reading from Ezekiel is a reading filled with bones. They were in a valley of dry bones, a valley of death. And Ezekiel watches as something miraculous happens. The bones start to move, rattling together until they form a skeleton. And from there, that skeleton begins to be in flesh. We're told sinews and flesh come on until it looks like a person once more, awaiting that one last piece of the puzzle, the breath of life, the breath of God to be breathed in to finish this restoration that takes us then to our gospel, a gospel where we stand outside of the tomb of Lazarus, so dead we're told that he stinketh. And the people are gathered there as mourners, gathered together as they listen for that same breath of life of the Lord to breathe new life as Jesus says, come out. Sure enough, the formerly dead man does come out. And this mummy that we have today seems to really stand out like a sore thumb. Because all around us, all I see are pastels, Easter bunnies, and those terrible Cadbury eggs right now. And so this is jarring for us, because the signs of Easter are all around us. The signs of, of resurrection are all there, and yet we have this story steeped in death. We have texts with bones and the stench of lingering death, which is why I want to remind you, any good resurrection story starts with death. That's how the process goes. And I would go as far as to say that today's story of the death and resurrection of Lazarus actually has less to do with Lazarus and more to do with the one who brings him back to life. The Lord, the one who we are told is the resurrection. And this story that we have in John, the sign that Jesus performs, like any other sign, starts with a need. There's a great need. The need here isn't that we've run out of wine at a wedding and what are we going to do? No. The need here instead is that Lazarus is deathly ill. So they send word. They send word to Jesus because they know what Jesus is capable of. They send word with the purpose and the hope that Jesus is going to be able to prevent their loved one from dying. And this is where we come to understand that their purpose is not the same as Jesus' purpose. As Jesus delays his leaving some two days before finally heading in that direction. And I don't want to say Jesus is indifferent. We're told that, in fact, Jesus cares and even loves 
Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. It's just that his purpose is different. His purpose, we're told, is so that, so that God may be glorified in this moment. His purpose is so that people may come to believe once they see the sign that he is to perform. Because Jesus is not in the business of performing miracles for the sake of miracles. And neither am I. Honestly, I could care less if some person centuries ago who I've never met was raised from the dead. So what? What does that matter to me? Well, Jesus says it matters to us because there's more to it. It's not just about Lazarus. It's about the glory of God, which matters for me. It's not just about the resurrection. It's about believing in the one who is the resurrection. Okay, then. I now have a place in the story. Speaking of belief, Mary and Martha have deep belief in Jesus, profound belief. Each of them have this, this moment where they're able to go up to Jesus and have a one-on-one -on -one private conversation. And strikingly, each time, the conversation is exactly the same. If you had been here sooner, our loved one would not be dead. Whoa. On the front end of that, I hear lament. Lament over what has happened. But I also hear belief. Belief in what could have been. If you had been here, you could have prevented this is a sign of their deep and profound belief that Jesus is capable of staving off death itself. Indeed. This, this moment, this sign is not about Lazarus. It's about the revelation of the one who is the resurrection. A promise not just for the people gathered there, but a promise for people throughout time. Because throughout time, we look for signs around us as to why we should believe. Here's a great example of one. But the sign that leads to belief for some leads to fear in others. If you were to keep reading John's Gospel, what we find out is the word of Lazarus' resurrection travels quickly, right? Travels quickly, and it gets to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees in Jerusalem hear it, and they say to each other, what are we going to do? They say, and I quote, if we let him go on like this, everyone's going to believe in him. Oh, no! going to believe in the Messiah if we keep letting him perform these miraculous signs. If he keeps raising the dead, what are we going to do? And you know what they decide to do? Plot. They decide to plot. It's this final sign in John's gospel that leads to the unfolding of the plot to kill Jesus. Let's take a moment. This is a really dumb plot. Let me explain. Right? Let's, let's take a moment here, right? Okay. So this guy, whose shtick at this moment is resurrecting the dead, who himself is the resurrection, you know what their plan is? To kill him. Because that's going to work, right? Well, he's, you know, only figured out how to defy death multiple times. We'll just kill him. That'll end it all. Right? As the audience, we see the audacity, but when you have such fear, you don't think straight. And so for some people, the good news isn't good news because they're the ones in power, because they see that this good news will empower other people and it strikes them to their core. And so they do whatever they think they can 
And what they don't realize is they've already been defeated. Because this story is also a story of liberation. It's a story of restoration to community. Jesus raises Lazarus essentially with two words. He says, come out. But what I love is that the work doesn't end there. After Lazarus comes out, there's more work to be done. The next two words that Jesus speaks are no longer to the one resurrected, but to the community gathered to witness. And that community of witnesses is given an instruction. Unbind him. Unbind him. Because in resurrection, the community now has the power to unbind themselves and each other from that which holds them back. Has the power to unbind each other from death itself. And as they do that, what they're really doing is removing the vestiges clinging to Lazarus' body, the vestiges of death. They pull them off one by one because now Lazarus lives a new kind of life. That's what it means to follow the one who is the resurrection. That's why this resurrection of Lazarus matters for us. Because in this, we are free to do the work of unbinding one another. Because we no longer have to do the work of worrying about death. We are free to focus on living. Christ unbinds us that is from that which is death dealing in our lives. In this resurrection, Christ brings the community together and unbinds them from their grief, unbinds them from their poverty. God unbinds us in the midst of the heartache of genocide and war, unbinds us from the pain of disease and anxiety unbinds us from the dis-ease that the world provides us each and every day. And this unbinding is made possible because of Christ who lives and because he lives, we live too. And it's why Martha's declaration of faith that she makes is so profound but only halfway true. She says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus looks at her and says, I am the resurrection. I am the life this day, here and now. No longer is resurrection about some far off thing that happens after we die. No, 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 no. In Christ, the resurrection is a thing that happens now, that matters in this life. Why? because it's not just about living again, it's about living a life unbound by death, unbound by those things in the world that are death dealing, unbound in community with the faithful, community centered in Christ's boundless love. Two weeks from now, we are gonna gather in this space for Easter, but guess what? Easter promise is already here. The promise of the resurrection is already happening. Each and every time we gather, it's at the center of our community. So when we gather together in a few weeks, what we need to remind ourselves is to leave behind the grave clothes. Leave behind the grave clothes of what was and instead put on that which is. And what is, is life. 
What is, is resurrection. What is, is living water that quenches our thirst forever. Living water that we may never be dry bones again. Thanks be to God for that gift. And thanks be to Christ, who is the resurrection. Amen. Amen.